familiar with grand finales in any series that you watch on Netflix, if you're a Netflix binge watcher, the grand finale is the plot twist. The grand finale is when you're on the edge of your seat. The grand finale is when you're like, man, why don't they come out with one more series? Welcome to the grand finale of New Year, New Me. Okay, slow clapping it in, slow clapping it in. The skeptical people are like, not yet. You haven't preached yet, homeboy. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I love about New York is like you you wait to make that decision you wait you're like you're gonna earn that applause okay <laughs> but I've seen you clap at some stupid videos on YouTube before you know what I'm saying Anyways, we want to welcome you one more time, whether you're a first, second, third time visitor. We believe that you may have, in fact, found an authentic home here, and that's why we say welcome home. And believe it or not, no matter how many pastors and ministries and churches have screwed it up and said stupid, bigoted stuff and stole people's money, no matter how bad of a job they've done with this thing called church, church is still God's idea. And and let me just tell you right now, Here's the thing. I'm a father and I'm a husband, and there are a lot of bad dads, abusive, low-life, deadbeat dads. Can I get an amen? Some of you might know them. Some of you might be looking for for them right now because they owe you money. But just because there's bad dads doesn't say anything about the office and the position, uh, the title of dad, because there's some good dads out there, too. And so if you're here and you're a little skeptical, you know what I want to tell you? Amen to your skepticism. You have every single right to be skeptical. But can I just tell you, there is still such thing as a good church. There is still good, such thing as a good pastor. Somebody's going to let me pastor them over here. The rest of them are like, well, we'll see. <laughs> hey, man, I'm secure. That's how you say secure if you're cool. Somebody say, New Year, New Me. Now, if it's the end of January, we talked about last week, that may be funny to you by now because you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of Ronald McDonald equally as loud in your ears. And you keep relapsing back in. But, but, you know, we believe that you can be a new me. And we're going to talk about today three ways that you can become and three ways that you know that you truly are a new me. A new me. Somebody say, new me. Doesn't that feel good? New me. Look at your, the person next to you. Just give them that stank face and say, new me. Because they ain't going to let you be a new you. The person next to you, some of the people sitting next to you are not going to let you be a new me. They're, some of the people next to you are not going to believe that you are a new me. Oh, we're going to go there. We are going to go there today. Why don't you turn your Bibles to Proverbs, the book of wisdom, chapter 19. We're going to start with verse 21. And um, I'm just excited. I'm, I love old school print Bibles, but for the sake of time, I've got it all on the sanctified, holy iPad. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for technology. We got any note takers in the house? I said, do we got any note takers in the house? 
Come on. We love God's word. So take these notes down. Dwell on these scriptures. You know, go back to these things this week because there's no way you can get it all in this room. And sometimes just hearing it a couple times. Let me ask you this. Do we have any double dippers in the room right now? Okay, all those voices are people who are so radical and crazy. This is the second service that they just attended here at V1. Isn't that crazy? Man, but as you're turning to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, uh, before we read that, can I tell you guys a story? Um, I, I, lo- I love to travel personally. I loved, I'm one of those weird people who loves flight. I'm not, I'm not afraid of flying in an airplane. I actually think it's exhilarating. And uh, I mean, I obviously named our church after aviation terminologies, but I was recently on a flight out to Grand Rapids and I did that stupid thing because I'm trying to be frugal and save money where it's like $26 cheaper to have a, a layover flight where you actually have two flights. Anyone ever done this before? So here is, here is my plan. It was LaGuardia in New York City to Chicago and then Chicago to Grand Rapids. Now, the, the Chicago Grand Rapids flight's like 15 minutes. So I'm like, heck yeah. And then there was a real, there was an ulterior motive to like mapping my, my flights out like this. Aside from saving a little bit of money, it was because God has given this divine, heavenly revelation to Chicago that hasn't even hit here yet, and it's called Italian beef sandwiches. Some of you don't even know what that is. You got to go to Chicago to find out. And I knew there was one in the airport. And I was like, okay, I can get out of that plane and I can run and get and tag off on one of those sandwiches and come in. And that's worth all of it. And I saved 26 bucks, 10 bucks after you get the sandwich. Okay. <laughs> this is really like how I'm thinking. So the way out there, totally fine. Then I'm coming back, and I don't care where you are in the world. It could be someone else's vacation destination, but given a long long enough duration of time, it will become the bowels of hell. Like, you could be in Disney, but by the 37th day in Disney, you'll be like, I hate this place. Get me out of here. Right? So I was in Michigan having a great time with our organization. Uh, It's Link, Linked International Network of Churches, and that's what we're a part of here at V1, just in case you think that we're just making this all up. And I was doing some strategic planning with them, and I was with some legends in the faith. But then when I went to go home, it was like northwest Indiana, Chicago area of Michigan did that thing that it does where it goes from, like, nice, sunny, normal weather to apocalyptic And as it began to change, I was thinking to myself, I know what's going to happen. Ice on the runway, ice on the plane. I'm going to miss my flight. So I'm in Grand Rapids. I mean, I'm hitting all these delays. Now, there's this thing they do, a lot of pilots do, where they don't put the plane into warp mode unless they have to, because all planes have this Star Wars era, like warp mode, because they could be behind schedule and they can just gun it and catch you up. So that's what happened. So I land in Chicago and they're like, congratulations, we now have arrived on time and everything's going to be all good. And then that was followed up by an announcement a couple minutes later that we have to wait on the runway because of all the other flights that were taxing and things that were going on. And then 10 minutes turned to an hour. And I'm texting Julie and I'm like, babe, I love you. I might not make it out of this one, but I'll be home. You know, and we're kind of going through all the drama of like, I just want to be home so bad. And then church was coming up. Well, long story short, uh, we stay on the, uh, we stay on the plane so long that, that I'm looking at that next connecting flight. And I'm like, there is no Italian beef sandwich happening in this story. Like I've just got to book it. So all of a sudden we, we get off the plane and I'm, I'm like, I already, we have passed boarding. 
So I know, and it's on the other end of O'Hare, which requires me to go into this like next level Olympian status like run. So I grab my stuff, and I'm talking, I am just, with everything I have, just running. And I'm getting, and then all of a sudden I tag off. Well, here's the thing, though. As I'm running, everyone around me is running. It looks like Macaulay Culkin home alone status. <laughs> For real. Everyone in every direction is just praying that they're going to, they're flight. Well, all of a sudden, you, we get up to this escalator, and it's jamming full of people. And as this escalator's jammed full of people, it just stops all of a sudden. And, and, and I'm on the escalator. So my first thought is, wow, it just turned into a staircase. But everyone else's thought is, it doesn't work anymore. Abort mission and begin to run down the escalator and go find the elevators. So then I'm like, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid, as they're running past me. I was like, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid. And they're all running toward the elevator to go get in the elevator and then they're waiting and then I'm running up this staircase and then finally I get all the way to the gate to discover that the plane already took off. I missed my flight, had to stay in, in Chicago a night and it was crazy and you know, of course, nobody cares. But the point in telling that story is Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Can I read it to you? It says, many, say many, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. You all have many plans. You have plans for lunch when you get out of here. I know you do because none of you are fasting. You gave up your fast that you started in January. You Many are the plans, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And so this is point number one if you're taking notes. New me's understand that broken escalators turn in, it should say escalators, are still stairs. Broken escalators are still stairs. Can I say it one more time for those of you who are still catching up on this? Broken escalators are still stairs. What does that mean? What does an escalator do? Well, it does all the work for you. You stand on it, and it takes you up to your destination with little or no effort. You just stay in a stationary position. And can I just tell, some of you in this room have been on the escalator of marriage, where just standing next to your spouse, your relationship began to go up. I mean, do you remember the early phases of your relationship where just being next to them was so hot? Am I the only one who felt like that? I was like, I can smell her shampoo and it smells so good. Amen. Amen. That is an escalator. You were not good at relationships. You were just standing stationary and the escalator was doing its job. But you've gotten to a place in your marriage where the escalator broke and you don't realize it's still a stair. You got to climb. Everyone say climb. It's going to take you some work where it didn't take you work before, baby. I'm preaching good. I don't care who the claps for it today. You've got many plans, but the Lord, his purpose, what he wants ultimately prevails. And you've got to stand on that escalator and make a choice. Do I run down to the elevator like a dodo or do I walk up this staircase? Because some of you are thinking, well, I know the problem. The problem is I shouldn't be married. And you run down the stairs. And you head for the elevator, that guy that you were talking to at the club that you should have never talked to in the first place. And you're running for the alternate choice because God's first choice didn't pan out the way you thought it should. Two slaps and a hug today. <laughs> but we do this all the time. Can I read you more of the Bible so you don't think I'm making this up? 
Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3 says, commit. Everyone say commit. Man, I love that word. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. Whatever. God, commit to you this, this meal I'm about to eat. Yeah, it might change the meal you eat. I mean, commit the car that I purchased. Yeah, you might not get it on credit and save up next time and buy it. For, I'll stop. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will do what? establish your plans. If you're here in this room or you're watching online and your plans just never seem to work out, I tell you why. According to the Bible, you've never committed them to the Lord. And here's the, here's the good news. If you're tired of stuff never panning out, all you have to do is begin to commit it to the Lord and you will start to see it happen because the escalator is still a staircase. And it may take some climbing, but you're willing to climb. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 9 says this, In their hearts, humans, that's you, you're a little, you're a little human with hair. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So the way that you know that you are a new me, the way that you know that it's new year, new me, is that you understand that broken escalators are still stairs. Is there anyone here who's like, you know what? It's not as easy as it used to be to lead, but I'm going to climb this staircase. It's not as easy. You know, sometimes with the business, you just write your name on the dotted line, and your business just starts growing up and up and up. And then all of a sudden, it, well, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. It's your turn to do the work now. Is there anyone here who's like, God, I'm willing to climb this staircase again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you got me to do. Man. I will. The next one is this. New me's. Now hear me. I'm saying this in love. New me's do not have a plan B. New me's do not have a plan B. Okay, Mike Signorelli, what's your plan for your life? Well, you see what happened in this first year of V1? I'm going to do that 63 more times, Lord willing, and then die. That's it. That's it. You know, something happens when you have a plan B. And don't, don't believe me. Believe the University of Wisconsin-Madison who did a comprehensive study about this. I'm going to bring science into the picture for a second. And they did a comprehensive study of what happens when humans have a plan B and what happens when humans don't. And do you know that they found that your effort is significantly diminished when you have a plan B? I mean, somebody got paid to figure that out in a college environment. You know what I'm saying? We can get dressed up, put our makeup on, do our hair, or we could just sit here and watch Netflix and order Chinese. That plan B is always going to happen. That's why we don't have social lives, people. That's why we go to church to meet people. Because our plan B is don't do all that stuff, do that stuff. And whenever you've got a plan B, it will significantly degrade the quality of the effort for your plan A. So really, you don't have a true plan A. You have a plan B and B slash one. B slash two. And then C. Like, because plan A is called reckless abandon. I'll tell you what, people ask me all the time, like, why, why in the place that they call the graveyard of churches do you have a growing church? And I'm like, it's certainly not because we're cool, because you can do that on accident. You know what I'm saying? But it's because we don't have a plan B. 
If this church doesn't fulfill its potential and God-given destiny, we miss the mark. And nobody who calls this place home and is the owner of this vision is okay with that. We don't, there is no like, well, we'll try V1. If that doesn't work, we'll resurrect it as another church name and go all in on something else. We are saying blood, sweat, tears, time, whatever it takes, God, move here in this region. I'm telling you, there's somebody here who knows what I'm talking about. We've committed this thing to the Lord, and he's establishing it, but we committed first. We committed, then we committed it to the Lord. So plan B, new me's don't have a plan B. It even rhymes so you can remember it. You know, what does it look like when, when you have a plan B in a relationship? Well, you know what? She, she's all right, but, but you know what? And, and then we even put, God, you know, well, I feel God. We put his voice on all kinds. I feel God telling me to go after this desire that just happens to feel good and not require any commitment. I just feel God telling me to do the easiest thing in this situation. <laughs> I wish that we had that disease where you had to tell the truth. Remember that when Jim Carrey had that disease where he had to tell the truth? I just feel the Lord telling me to do the thing that will cost me absolutely nothing. I feel like I wish that God would just tell me to leave that woman because it's so much easier to be single and do whatever I want. That is the strength of the prophetic voice in most of our lives is the strength of our human desire. But when you begin to speak and communicate with the voice of God in your life, Psalms 37, 5 will come to pass. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. Do you see that word he? It doesn't say commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and then you'll have to do it all by yourself. It'll say he'll do it. So you'll start walking up that escalator that turned into a staircase, and then he'll give you a supernatural supply of strength. I mean, that, that's the real true message of the gospel isn't that you do it all by yourself. It's that you start getting in that motion, and, and your will starts to align with the will of God, and then he starts supplying you with supernatural strength, wisdom. He'll bring somebody across your path to put you up on their back and carry you up the staircase the rest of the way if he has to. That's the message of the gospel. You know, I'm going to ask you this. How many blockbuster smash hit movies are based on somebody fulfilling their plan B? Can you imagine the, the Rudy movie where he's like, you know what, Notre Dame would be cool to play for. I'm kind of little. I gave up on that, and I just work in an office right now. Everyone's like, yes, this movie's epic. When is the last time a breakthrough smash hit happened from somebody's plan B? They gave up on the plan A. It's because as you watch somebody go all in on something, I mean, matter of fact, the, the premise of almost every successful movie, and it's going through your mind right now, is somebody saying, I'm taking the ring to Mordor, and if I die, I die. I'm blowing up this huge ship, and if I die, I die. That, that, because there's something inside of us, and it just turns our guts when somebody goes V1 and goes all the way and commits completely. And it does something to your kids when you commit completely to your, your spouse. It, it does something to your students when you're a teacher and you commit completely to their life. It does something to, to the environment, the atmosphere around you when you just say, I'm putting my stake in the ground. You're not getting me to, I will die on this hill. I'm not moving one inch over. This is my clan. This is my crew. This is my destiny. And I'm committed. And so that's what New Year, New Me is all about. Say, I'm committed. Come on. Number three is this. New Me's don't live by others' praise, therefore, they don't die by their criticism. Yes, it is. <laughs> if you live by their praise, you will die by their criticism. 
And I'm, here's, here's what people do all the time. Their favorite word to dispense, if you could pull someone's head back and it's a little Pez dispenser of a word. The word that they are loaded full of from neck down is the word why. Why? 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 Well, I want to marry this man of God. Why? I want to start this church in, in New York. Why? That's the only thing that comes out. I want to start eating right. Why? That's the only word that they can dispense is the word why. Why are you going to that church with all those crazy people? Well, because we're crazy too, except for we're crazy and depressed. We're crazy and full of fear and anxiety. We're, they're crazy and actually free. So You know what I'm saying? And, and people will give you a why for everything. Well, why, why, do you, why do you want to do that? Because their default mode is to question everything. Their default mode is skepticism. They're, that's why in our society we've elevated producers above consumers. The people that, you, that make things in this world, the people that do things in this world, have a so, social clout higher than the people that consume. It's because we fundamentally understand that the default mode, the thing that you don't have to work at, the thing that you don't have to try to do is to give a why. Why? To give a question. But see, what God does for us is he models for us a because. And he gives us a because. And he's like, you know what? You know, you know what? Because I've called you by name. Because before you were even in your mother's womb, I knew you. Therefore, you will do great things with your life. Because I died on a cross, my cross is sufficient for you. And not even the gates of hell will be able to prevail against the church. Because, because you are anointed, because you are set apart, because, and right now in this place, maybe you've allowed somebody else's criticism to stop you from being the new me. And you want to be counted among the new me so bad. And you're watching body transformations and you're watching people's businesses grow. And you're watching people in, in, in new families and, 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 and establishing legacies. And you're, as that's all transpiring, you're saying, why, God? Why? Why me? Why now? Why here? But can I just tell you something? I do not believe in accidents. I believe that you had to be here this morning. I believe that you had to hear this message. And the answer to the question is because. Because God called you. You didn't choose your family. You didn't choose some of you, the region that you were born in. But there is a design that God is pointing to in the midst of it. And if you would just open up your eyes and say, God, continue to reveal it to me. He will take you down. He will establish your steps. All of a sudden, there will be this, 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 uh, this recursive nature in your life where God begins to show you that, wait a second. It was not as random as you thought it, it was. There was more. And some of you guys, if you've been just trying to choke down the simplicity that people try to force you in life and just say, oh, have fun, do it your way, try it your own way, oh, do this, chase after your desire, and you're trying to choke that, that thing down and it hasn't produced any true joy, maybe momentary happiness, maybe momentary, you know, it's like, yeah, that was great, that was a good time, and then you wake up the next day and you're like, okay, well, what's it all about? 
You know, I feel this thing growing in our nation. I feel it growing in this generation is this, this complacency, this, this numbness. There, there's such a lack of feeling. And maybe I'm talking to somebody right now. It's like you, you feel like I haven't even been able to feel. And the things that we go to music and we go to drugs and alcohol, we go to relationships. And, and what's happening is every single time our brain gets that dopamine hit, every single time the chemicals are released, it dulls it a little bit more. And, and we're just, I just got to chase that feeling. I, I've got, because I can't feel because there's this numbness that we sort of exist in. And I think that's there's something so powerful about us gathering together in places like this, because while the whole world is asking why, God is responding, because I love you. Because I love you. Would you stand to your feet with me? New year, new me. Some of you in this place have said in your heart, new year, numb me. But God's trying to say, new year, new me. Behold, all things have become new. Behold. It mean, that scripture means look at it. Just open your eyes. All things have become new. God right now in the final moments of this message wants to continue dealing with your heart. He wants to heal some of you in this place because you're like, okay, I get it. New year, what's that mean? A new relationship so that can actually breed a new wound. Okay, I, I get it. Yeah, new job so that eventually that new job can give me a new disappointment. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, okay, yeah, preacher. New year, yeah, I get it. New me for another new what? But I'm here to tell you that you have not figured it out, that you are not God, that you don't see the end of every trail, that you don't see the end of every road. And in your arrogance, you have eliminated God from his position. But if you'll put him back on his throne and say, God, there's an expectancy, there's a hope. Yeah, I, I, I think I experienced and encountered all those dead end roads because I never committed my plans to you. But I'm gonna try something different because if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you got. But if you will try something different and all I can do is provoke you to have an urgency in your stomach right now to say you know what yes I'll try this yes and when you begin to say yes all of a sudden that commitment does something some of you it's time to burn the plow it's it's time to literally cut the strings off and say no more plan b no more alternative plan I, I mean maybe it's it's in whatever you're thinking in your head right now there's just something that you're saying yeah I've had a reservation I've had an escape hatch and maybe you need to go down, bend down, and you need to close that escape hatch. You need to take that parachute off and you need to get back in the driver's seat and say, I'm about to fly this thing, do or die now. Jesus, help me take the wheel. Is there anyone here? And then you could say, new year, new me. I've committed my plans to the Lord. Let's just kind of make a moment here. Would you close your eyes with me? We're just gonna remove all the distractions. I don't know, from the beginning of this message, while your eyes are closed, from the beginning of this message clear through, I just felt like there has been a warfare. There has been a warfare. There has been this wrestling, this mental wrestling, this intellectual wrestling that many of you have done. And, and what I think that we have so clear in scripture isn't figure it all out, 
get the blueprint together and then do it. It's commit first, then he'll establish your steps. And you have got your actions out of order and it's paralyzed you and it's put you in a place of defeat. And right now, what, what, the, the way that you commit is surrender. That's actually the way that you commit your way to the Lord is to surrender it to him and say, God, I'm just going to lay it all down right now. I'm just going to give it all to you. And, and then, and then we'll go from there. And, and some of you in this room, you know, you made a decision today. Like I'm going to go to church. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to start over. I'm going to turn the page. And I believe that you started to commit your ways to the Lord. And even as service was happening, you were getting that, that revelation of, yeah, this is the right thing. But I want to ensure that as you leave this place and as you log off the computer and as you close out the podcast, that it doesn't end here, that you truly commit your ways to the Lord so that you can say, yes, truly, it's a new year, new me. And if you're a people pleaser and, and you're worried about the opinion of the person next to you, some, sometimes the very first act of rebellion against that is the one that breaks you free. So with your eyes closed, I'm going to ask, ask you right now to, 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 to just go with me here in an act of rebellion against their opinion and act a rebellion against your own opinion and act a rebellion against the opinion of the enemy and the voices. And this is the act of rebellion. I'm going to ask you if you are willing to commit your life to Jesus Christ and burn all your plan B's and go all the way plan A, Jesus, 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 till the day I die, would you raise your hand right now? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Somebody wants to raise their hand. I'm giving you a chance. Somebody, I'm, we'll all close our eyes and nobody's going to cheat right now if you need to have a moment of courage. Is there anyone else? This is, this is the time. I'm just going to go all in. I'm going to commit to the Lord. Come on, you can put your hands down. So many hands in this place. Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to let you guys borrow my words. We're going to pray this one out. And for those of you who have already committed your life to Christ, I want you to just shout it just as loud so that the person next to you can borrow your courage as they borrow my words. And we're just going to dedicate and commit all of our life to Christ right now. You ready? This is the first step of freedom for somebody. New year, new me. You ready? Okay, so everyone just say, Heavenly Father, I give you my plans. I commit them to you this year I am going to include you in my walk because broken escalators are still stairs I'm ready to climb with you I'm ready to take it up with you I'm ready to go all the way I give you my life in Jesus name and everyone shouted amen Amen. Let's lift it Thank up. you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.